say Jaja and the king. Jaja the king and me say create everything. Jaja the king and me say Jaja and the king. Jaja the king and me say create everything. Jaja the king and me say Jaja and the king. Jaja the king and me say you see my the king.
Shalom to everyone. And to everyone, Shalom. This is the Man of Honor Podcast. I am your host, Rude Warrior, Zechariah Warrior. Giving praise, honor, and glory to Yah Elohim and this son, the Hamashiach. And to help me with this podcast, this controversial topic podcast that is practically catnip to the Israelite community. Rude boy. Yeah, what's good? That's right, that's right. We are here, and I know it's just the two of us, but that's exactly, exactly all you need. Now, this is a very intriguing topic, very intriguing for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of negative reason behind it, and there's a lot of positive reason behind it. But what's the scriptural reason behind it? There is definitely, there's definitely a, a back and forth war with this topic. I've seen it plenty of times. I've seen it driven into the ground. I'm pretty sure some of you are very familiar when you practically first get into the Israelite awakening truth, whatever you want to call it. And then one of the first thing that's thrown at your face is polygamy and what you can do with it and things of that nature. Nothing about y'all, just straight multiple wives. That's okay in the sense of knowing, you know, knowing what us things that our people can do. But to a person who is unknowing, doesn't really know much about our culture, about our spiritual strength and ties to the Most High Yah, and the first thing you like throw at somebody's face is polygamy, knowing good and doing well, they're not ready for even a regular stable relationship, shows that you can easily, you know, have someone go down a negative point of view on that. And you got to be careful with whatever type of information you give to people out here when they're first coming into this truth. Some people have to be spoon-fed and some people can, you know, can take a big spoon and just be like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. But without further ado, Rude Boy, what is your opinion on the matter of righteousness and unrighteousness of polygamy before we get into the scriptures? Well, the way I see it is people get too emotional when a topic is brought up, not understanding this topic is a part of our culture, whether they like it or not. And a lot of times I find that when people are mad about these things, it's because they still have a westernized mindset. They haven't fully converted to the Israelite culture the way they said they do. You could change your name. You could change your garments. But your actions show otherwise. And the way you react to stuff show you if you're fully ingrained in your own culture. A lot of people are faking it to make it out here. That's why I come to realize. So what we're going to do today is break down polygyny from a righteous point of view, the wicked, uh, wicked point of view, like things to not do when you engage in polygyny and things you can do when engage in polygyny. And break it down so people could fully understand what polygyny is, what it isn't. And let's see if polygyny is a sin according to the scriptures. Not my opinion, not your opinion, but the facts and the truth of the scriptures. 
Boom. There you have it. Um, my my opinion, the sense is, um, I honestly believe that people can do it. I've seen it done. Um, I'm pro polygamist myself, even though I'm not in a polygamous marriage. I'm just a regular mono mono language mono language. <laughs> Mono marriage, but I do know there are specific steps and protocols and orders that must be followed before you can get into a polygamous marriage, both spiritually and financially. And the thing is, if you're not there on either side, then don't tempt it because you're going to be putting yourself in a predicament that you can't handle. And then everything falls down and come crashing on you. Never do anything out of the fact that it's just there and you don't have the tools to fix it. You can't hammer a nail with a saw. You're just going to end up cutting your own fingers. So my thing is go for it if you can manage it. Especially if you are a man. If you know you can manage it, go for it. If you don't want to or you can't manage it, don't because it's going to fail the blame is going to be on you, and then you have to pick up from scraps and start over again. It may hinder your marriage at the same time. So you got to be careful. It takes, a it takes a certain type of spirit and mindset to be able to have multiple wives, whether it be two or three. Me personally, I practically prefer two, but to each his own. And just be able to basically just know what you're doing. Yeah, know what you're doing and know what you're doing before you do it. So by the time you're doing it, the second wife will already have confidence enough in you that you know what you're doing. As well as the original wife, or the first wife, especially if you guys have kids with each other, she's definitely going to make sure that the wife you're bringing in knows how to handle kids and things of that nature. Everyone has a specific idea of how to work their polygamous marriage but as long as their ideas line up with scriptures then hey you you can't disagree with it well, that's generally my opinion on it yeah and what i want to say also before we start i would like to give a couple shout outs to um some people books that i read over the years and some book i read recently that also helped me with this. Obviously, I ain't trying to make this lesson too long, uh, discussion too long, what we're talking about. I want to give a shout-out to Ak Brother Hondo Solomon for his book, The Polygamous Papers, that made me uh, very informed on polygamy um, and ethics and all those things that come with it. It's a book I read years ago. It's a very good book. You guys should check it out and buy it off of Amazon whenever you can support the brother. Also, like to give a shout out to uh, the elder sister Gina Moray for her book, The Them and Him. Uh, I believe she has her own website where you can buy the book. Also, another great book that explains polygyny and marriage in general. So, that's another good book. So, go out and support the Moray family on that. And this recent book that a brother gave to me when I went out to Virginia for Passover. Uh, is a book by a more called Madad Yahoo, Madad Yahoo, Yashra'a. And the name of the book is What is Adultery and Fornication? A 
according to the scripture study guide. So it pretty much goes into adultery, fornication, put some Hebrew uh, in there, list scriptures and stuff. Pretty much a study guide to get straight to the point. So with that being said, what you want to do is a call. We can get right into the scripture after one tune. Give this brother some time to prepare. Hit it. for me to go.
All right. Come on, do your thing. Okay, so for everybody, take notes. I'm going to try to go as fast as possible. Uh, so a word you want to write down is H7235, which is Strong's Concordance numbers. When you hear me saying these numbers, is for the Strong's and Lexicon numbers. And the Hebrew word H7235 is the Hebrew word Rabbah. And this is the word that's used in Deuteronomy 1717, because I know there's a lot of you Israelites like running to this scripture specifically to say, oh, we can't have uh, multiple wives. Number one, this is about the king, but it don't matter because if y'all look into the Hebrew, I'm going to read some of the definitions for this word. And I'm using the lexicon, the Brown Driver's Briggs. It says, one, to be or become great, be or become many, be or become much, be or become numerous. Then it's a cow form. To become many, become numerous, multiply of people, animals, things, to be or grow great, to make large, and large, increase, become many. To make much, make many, have many, to multiply, increase, to make much, to do, much in respect of transgress greatly, to increase greatly or exceedingly, to make great, enlarge, do much, to shoot. All right. So with this word, it's not just talking about you can't add why. It's talking about a certain amount of numbers, common sense. So what I would have y'all do is let's go to Deuteronomy 17, verses 15 to 17 real quick. To explain to y'all what I mean, because what another thing I noticed is y'all don't look at the verses before or after the verse y'all like to nitpick. Y'all go straight to the verse, but don't see the full context of what's being said. So to start at verse 15, it says, You shall certainly set a sovereign or king over you whom Yahuwah Elohim shall choose. Set a sovereign over you from among your brothers. You are not allowed to set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. Only he is not to increase horses for himself. Let's stop right there. Number one, do you really think a king only have one horse? Let's use common sense here, people. Let's use common sense and logic. Would a king only have one horse? What king have you seen? And if you read other scriptures about King Solomon, since people like to use King Solomon all the time, he had a bunch of horses. Did the Most High said, anywhere you see he sinned by having a bunch of horses? No. So clearly, let's use context. To continue, nor cause the people to return to Misraim to increase horses. But Yahuwah has said to you, do not return that way again. And he is not to increase wives for himself. Y'all go straight to the wives thing. But let's continue what it says. Lest his heart turn away, nor is he to greatly increase silver and gold for himself. Let's use common sense again. Will a king especially only have one piece of silver and one piece of gold? Let's use common sense, people. Take the motion out. Would you ever see a king with only one piece of silver, one piece of gold, or one horse? No, you will not. So clearly with the wife thing, in context, it's talking about a certain amount. Don't over-exceed a certain amount of wives. Because if you do, it will take your heart away. Because remember, you're a king. You got to have focus towards the people to rule over the kingdom. You can't have too much things going on. There's nothing about you can't have multiple wives. Even if you go with King David in them, a man after the Most High's own heart. King David's sin wasn't having multiple wives because he had multiple wives and concubines way before he did any sin. His sin was committing adultery against another man and having him killed. That was King David's sin. But I noticed, again, a lot of y'all like to nitpick, but we're going to go through a lot of Hebrew words today. The next Hebrew word we're going to go to 
It's Eshaw, H-802. You know, Hebrew word for woman, pretty much. It means woman, wife, female, woman, opposite man, wife, woman married to a man, female, animal, each, every pronoun. Okay. I'm going to go one by one so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. The next Hebrew word we're going to do is for concubine, H-6370. And the way to pronounce it is piglegesh. And it means concubine, paramour. That's what it means. I'm going to go through all these words real quick. The next one is for a handmaiden, maidservant, or female slave. Ama, and that's the Hebrew word H519. The next Hebrew word I want you to write down is Ya'ad, which means a covenant agreement. And it's so pretty much, I'm going to read some of the definitions to fix, appoint, assemble, meet, set, betrothed, to appoint, assign, designate, to meet, to meet by appointment. Pretty much is an agreement to meet at a certain time and place. Is a is an agreement, a contract. Um, another word I want to go into, and this time it's a Greek word, and it's the Greek word porneia. Yeah, I already know where I'm going with this. And it's G4202. And in the Thea um, Greek lexicon, this is what the definition for porneia means. Illicit sexual intercourse. What are the definitions? Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism intercourse with animals, etc. Sexual intercourse with close relatives near to kin. Sexual intercourse with a divorced man or woman. And it lists uh, Mark 10, 11, 12. And when I said divorced man or woman, because again, in our culture, you can't just divorce a woman for anything. Like the, like the Mashiach said, for those who believe in the Mashiach, this is only for those who believe in the Mashiach. You don't, you can ignore it. But for those who believe in the Mashiach, he said you can only divorce a woman if she does fornication against you. So there's multiple things she can do that's fornication. Another thing that's considered fornication, which I'm going to get into this next definition for the same word, metaphorically, the worship of idols. So if your wife, concubine, well, what's because his wife when it comes to divorce, if your wife believes in another um, deity, or Elohim outside of what you believe in, yes, you can divorce us for that because that's considered fornication. Now, let's go to some scriptures about adultery and other scriptures. So turn to Exodus or Shemot chapter 20, verse 14. It simply states, you do not commit adultery. Okay, simple enough. Let's turn to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, or Vaiqua chapter 20, verse 10. And it says, now this is the definition for adultery, people. So take away your emotions and see what scripture says what adultery is. And a man who commits adultery with the wife of another man, stop. That's how a man commits adultery, with the wife of another man. He can't commit it with a woman that's single, people. Let's continue with the scripture who commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, it, again, with another man. It's a wife. You can only commit this if she belongs to a man. The adulterer and the adulteress shall certainly be put to death. 
Now, go to Deuteronomy 5, 18. It says the same thing in Exodus 20, 14. You do not commit adultery. This is a current pattern. You can't commit adultery. Now, turn to Proverbs or Mishli, chapter 6, verse 32. Make sure y'all writing down notes because I'm going fast. And it states, he who commits adultery with a woman lacks heart. He who does it destroys his own life. So the only way to commit adultery, what did Wycroft just say? If you sleep on another man's wife. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 20. It says, this is the way of an adulterous woman. She shall eat and wipe her mouth and say, I have not done wickedness. And watch when I go into other Hebrew stuff, y'all going to see that the only person who could technically be able to engage in adultery is a woman that's married, not a man. Um, the next scripture, Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. This is the Ten Commandments, people. And when I read this, I want you to really stop and think about this. I'm going to ask you a question after I read this. It says, you do not covet your neighbor's house. You do not covet your neighbor's wife. So clearly this is talking about man, stuff you can't covet, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, or whatever belongs to your neighbor. All right, let's stop for a second. That's part of the Ten Commandments, right? Not to covet. Notice it states not to covet your neighbor's wife. Why don't it say not to covet thy neighbor's husband? Oh, don't worry, I'll wait. You notice you're, you would never see that there, right? Surely the most highway miss to put something as important as, as that inside the thing. And we know the most high don't make mistakes. So if it's not there, that means it's not a sin. So if a woman wants your husband, there is no sin. And all these scriptures are showing you a, the same pattern. Now, we're going to go to some other scriptures. A lot of y'all don't consider who's our anti polygynists right? Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 8 through 11, or Yermiyahu chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. And it states, and this is going to be a shocker for many of you, and I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel or Northern Kingdom had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister, Yehuda, did not fear, but went and commit horn to him. Stop, because I'm going to finish reading the rest of that. So, wait, you mean to tell me, obviously, for me personally, I believe it's Mashiach, but let's say for those who believe it's the Most High, right? That's Satanist. So, if you believe it's the Most High, Satanist, right? That means the Most High had two wives he was married to, and he only divorced one. So, is the Most High polygynous? Well, according to this, polygyny is a man with multiple wives, right? It clearly said it's two sisters, Yehuda or Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah is one sister, northern kingdom of Israel is another sister. He had two wives. Explain that. Now I'm going to continue. And it came to be through her frivolous whoring 
that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and wood, like I was reading one of the Hebrew words. You can commit adultery or fornication, because fornication, one of the definitions for fornication is adultery, by doing idol worship, following other Elohim. Let me continue. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister, Yehuda, or Judah, has not turned to me with all her heart, but falsely declares Yahuwah. And Yahuwah said to me, backsliding Yisrael has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Now let's go to another scripture that's going to go even further. Ezekiel chapter 23, verses 3 through 13. And it states, and they hoard in Mitzrayim or Egypt. They hoard in their youth. There their breast was handled, and their maiden nipples were squeezed. Yes, getting into that detail, people. So prepare to hear this. Visualize what it's saying. And their names were there. What we mean there. I thought it was only one thing. But it says there. That's multiple, right? And their names were Ohola, the elder, and Oholiba, her sister. Wait, her sister? So this is the same thing as Jeremiah. So it's two women. Where y'all getting this one woman from? It's the most high. Is the, I think it's the most high and not the Mashiach, right? Has two wives. How can it be a sin when the most high don't sin? Keep that in mind. Let me finish reading. And they were mine. And they were mine. They both belong to him. You can't get past this, people. And they bore sons and daughters. And their names were Shomara or Samaria is Ohala, northern kingdom is Ohala. And Jerusalem is Oholiba, or Jerusalem, or Judah. And Ohola poured while she was mine. And she lusted for her lovers, the neighboring Asherims, dressed in purple officers and rulers, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. She gave horns on them, and all of them choice sons of Ashur, or Assyria, and were all and with all for whom she lusted, with all their idols, she defiled herself. And she did not forsake her horns from Egypt or Misraim, for in her youth they had lain with her. It's getting visual, people. And there squeezed her maiden nipples and poured out their horns on her. Therefore I have given her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians, for whom she lusted, or Assyrians. They uncovered her nakedness. They took away her sons and daughters and killed her with the sword. And she became a byword among women. And they executed judgments on her. And her sister, a holy boss, saw this. Yet she became more corrupt in her lust than she. And in her whorings, more corrupt than her sister's whorings. You can't get past this, people. She lusted for the sons of Ashur, officers and rulers, the ones near, perfectly dressed, horsemen riding on horses, all of them desirable young men, and I saw that she was defiled. They both took the same way. All right. So we're going to break down righteous polygyny versus wicked polygyny. All right? And get into some of these words. First, here's what will consist of unrighteous polygyny, the wicked polygyny part. And your polygyny is uh, marriages or polymer, whatever you want to call it. 
there can't be no homosexuals or lesbians. There can't be none of that behavior. So no brothers or sisters. There can't be no orgies, and there can't be no threesomes or foursomes or menage a trois. It can't be none of that. That's wicked polygyny. That's a part of fornication. You can't the do it. Nasties, blood clot. Fire for that. Okay. Another thing that can't happen. Incest. That's another definition for fornication. Everybody should know what incest is. Sleeping with close to kin. Another thing of fornication is illicit sexual intercourse, which goes into what? Bestiality. Did their seduction, rape, prostitution. Yes, prostitution is a form of fornication. Adultery is fornication. Idol worship. And I added porn, orgies, threesomes, because that's illicit sexual intercourse, and it goes into the other things. So, brothers, if you're um, participating in polygyny, or what you perceive to be polygyny, know your woman can't be kissing each other. No, they can't be doing nasty stuff to each other. No, you can't be sleeping with both women at the same time. You can't do it, brothers. That's wicked. Your woman shame and see their other sister's nakedness. You can't just do polygyny and these things how you want. And this is what also contributes to the way everybody in the community sees polygyny now. Because y'all defiling it. You have to do things in a righteous manner, brothers. Also, look at my others. Again, and here's the thing, too, y'all got to consider. Kinsman Redeemer. And it, it also happened in a, a book of Ruth, right? Do you Israelites know what Kinsman Redeemer is? And I definitely want you sisters to hear this. If your brother... I mean, if your husband has a brother and his brother don't have no children, but his brother had a wife and the brother died while he was married to that woman, you do know your husband has to go into that woman to bear up seeds for his brother. So you can't tell your husband he can't do that. But wait, hold on. I thought you can't do polygyny. Then what is that? And that's a law and tour. Kinsman Redeemer. Another thing to consider. Men had concubines. Right? And this is something for sisters to hear too. Not all y'all are going to be wives. And concubines is not a bad thing either because you all belong to the husband. But also what I want to break down is let's go into many of the men in the Bible who had multiple wives. And I'm just going to list their name, and I'm going to stop on important names for you to understand. Abdon, Abijah, Abraham. Yes, the forefather of us all Hebrews. Well, not Hebrews, but to get the promises of Abraham, right? He was a polygamous people. Okay. And we know Abraham was a friend of the Most High. It said that in Scripture, right? Okay, so there's no denying it. So ask yourself this, and I'm going to continue on with other list of names. If Abraham, who was a polygamist, was the friend of the Most High, 
and the Most High ain't seen no sin in Abraham when he had the Torah and all these women. Who is you to say that this can't be done? Abraham did religion either correct and righteous way. One of the few, one of the examples we should follow. Now let's go to other men. Y'all gonna consider this man um, wicked, but Ahab. Ahab had multiple wives. Now let's go to some men who was from a different nation. Osiris or Xerxes, he had multiple wives. Another person had multiple wives, Ashur. Another man from another nation, Balshazar. Another man, Ben-Hadad. Oh, wait, who's this here, Caleb? You mean the man who went into the promised land with Joshua? He had multiple wives? Interesting. King David, a man after the Most High's own heart. Let me, I fact, let me read one scripture about King David. Um, you got 1 Samuel 25, 39. David also took a homonym of Yezreel, and they were also both of them his wives. Let's look at another one. And this is also going to show you that, because I heard some false doctrine that Israelite women can't be concubines. This one scripture alone just proves that. 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 5. And David took him more concubines and wives out of where? Jerusalem. After he was come from Hebron, and there was yet sons and daughters born to um, David. So y'all could miss me with all that. But let's go to other men. Eliphaz of Esau, he had multiple wives. Elkanah, uh, Ephraimite, he had multiple wives. Esau himself had multiple wives. Ezra, wait, Ezra? Ezra had multiple wives? Wow. Wasn't Ezra a Levite? Interesting. Gideon had multiple wives. Other names, Haman, Hosea, Abzin, Ishakar, Jacob, Yair, Jehonikin, Jehoram, Jaramil, Joash, Lamech, Makir, Manasseh, Mered, Moses had multiple wives. Nahor, Rehoboam, Saul, Shaharim, Shemi, Simeon, Solomon, Terah, Zedekiah, Zeba. So, Y'all can miss me with all this, oh, polygyny is a sin thing. Not only do the Hebrew words prove it's not a sin, the Ten Commandments y'all claim y'all know all the time proves it's not a sin. Multiple scriptures I just read prove it's not a sin. The Most High himself considered Judah and um, Judah and Israel, the northern kingdom, to be two wives of his. There's no going around it. The righteous way of doing polygyny, brothers, is making sure the woman know up front what you're going to do. Another righteous way of doing it, taking care of your woman, brothers. Yes, you have to be able to take care of your woman. No, you don't have to be rich. That's a false doctrine. Anybody who teaches you that, don't listen to them. You don't have to be rich to have multiple wives. If anything, a lot of people, a lot of men built wealth off of acquiring wives, contrary to popular belief. And another thing men need to understand is, yes, you pay bride price, Obviously, it's only for virgins only. But did you know that you could get a diary from the um, your wife-to-be's family? 
You could require that before you marry her from her parents, especially her father. If she got an inheritance, hey, I want this diary. Scriptures is not one-sided, people. Also, another righteous way to do it, brothers, is going to the woman's father for her hand in marriage or the elders or whoever she's surrounded around. That's the correct way to do it. No manipulation, no behind-the-back tactics. Do it the proper way according to the way tradition says it should be done. If she's a virgin, pay the bride price. If she's not a non-virgin, whatever you discuss with the father y'all want to do, that's how y'all do it. But that's the way our tradition does it. There's a wicked way to do polygyny, which it's not even, it shouldn't be called polygyny. I call it polymorphic. Because people out here just doing whatever they want to do. Triads, menage a orgy, whatever y'all doing out there is not polygyny. Stop calling it that. Don't even call it polygamy. Yeah, it's it's another stupid word people use to justify whatever relationships they're doing out here. But it's a bunch of stupid words, and it's a bunch of wickedness going on. There's a righteous way to do polygyny. A lot of your forefathers were way more righteous than any of us right now, and they had multiple wives. Our nation was started by our forefather, Jacob, who had four wives. The 12 tribes of Israel are made up of four women, people. Get over it. Get out your feelings. Stop being selfish. Because guess what? You think the selfish is going to inherit the kingdom? No. For you sisters out there. You don't control what your husband does. You don't. So you, you you should get over it. Yes, he should probably talk to you about it. His plans on he want to take this and that. But you cannot stop that. Like I said, you got the kinsman redeemer thing going. Also, if you can't bear him children, that's another reason he could take another one. And again, you can't stop it. So you might as well get over it. This culture is not about your feelings. This culture is not about my feelings. It's not about my opinions or your opinions. It's about facts. It's about truth. It's about righteousness. We have to do things according to how scripture says in our culture, people. Stop making your culture look bad. For you brothers and sisters, do polygyny the correct and righteous way. For you brothers and sisters who are doing wickedly, you will pay for it because you're giving a marriage system, a bad name. And one thing I will leave y'all with is this. Just for the Israelite men and Israelite women teaching false doctrine, I want y'all to really hear me loud and clear when I say this. It's not the system of marriage that's the problem. It's you individuals that's the problem. Take accountability and responsibility for your own faults. Polygyny is not the problem. Monogamy is not the problem. It's you. Fix you. And I rest my case. Boy, you heard the man, folks. Fix you. Stop giving what our culture has been built off of a bad name because you have selfish desires. Like, after a while, you want everything all to yourself, which is fucking ridiculous. You can't keep... You can't keep one man to yourself, whether he's your husband or master as far as you being the concubine. You can't keep them to yourself. He was never meant to be for one woman and one woman alone. 
you can tell by the ratio of the amount of females that's on this planet and it outnumbers the men and as well as all these daring scriptures that has been heard and taught about it's like wow there are scriptures that back up polygamy there are scriptures that back up multiple wives in our entire lifestyle has this country beat that sense out of us yeah why was that because they don't need us overpopulated why why would they allow a nation that they've worked so hard to put in slavery to use and abuse have multiple kids to outnumber their own nation so of course they're going to put it in the books you're going to have one wife. Of course, they're going to put it in the mental. You're going to have one wife. And of course, they're going to have our own make songs instead of about advancing polygamy. They're going to make it about fornication and adultery, cheating on a consistent basis, constantly going after the next woman's man in the unrighteous manner, forcing him. He can't even be forced. He chose it. But the ideal is enticing him to having sex with the woman, breaking the marriage apart, and then the man is like making songs by going after another man's wife, and then it becomes encouraged. It then becomes a culture, which it shouldn't be. It's a curse. But nowadays, our fucking culture is a curse. We make the curse a culture. And we just live by it over and over again, which is ridiculous. At some point, it has to stop, and if it doesn't want to stop, that's perfectly fine, because the righteous that does it righteously will continue, and does do it unrighteously, you're going to meet a very, very grim fate. So, to get a little bit more opinions, let's hear the rest of the brothers speak. Rude, savage, and smooth the rude. Uh, before you brothers go, and then this is going to definitely be my last thing to say. Uh, also, mind you, and, and I did this this way for a reason. I All these scriptures and Hebrew words and stuff I just brought up, I literally just did this an hour ago. Just to show y'all, y'all overlook these things on purpose to promote your own selfish agenda or false doctrine. Anybody who adds or takes away from Torah will be I, I'm going to repeat that again. If you add or take away from Torah, making sins out of thin air, you will be punished. And another thing I want to say, I didn't even go in. Remember the people's book I mentioned earlier? I didn't even use none of their sources, really. I didn't. I didn't use the statistics to back it up. I didn't use none of those things. I just wanted to show y'all just how simple, if you look in scriptures, it easily proves we can do polygyny. And you can also show that what is adultery? What is fornication? It's clear cut and dry. Stop making things a sin that's not a sin, people. Polygyny is not a sin and it will never be a sin. So get it out your heads. Alright. What do you think about these scriptures? Smooth the rude. Smooth. You did? Alright. What do you think about these scriptures, Rude Savage? 
Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um well, I mean to be honest, to be real. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean I I need to like really like read these scriptures for me to like, you know. <laughs> but um I have like heard conversations about like as far as like polygamy polygyn I don't know. There's always there's different kinds of words nowadays, but um, but like this been happening for like a long, long, long time. So like I don't know why. Like now, um, <laughs> like in this day and age, you know, people's complaining about oh, polygamy is bad. Polygamy is this. Like we can go way back. I mean, I'm probably gonna be way off topic or whatever the case may be. But <laughs> um, so like. You know, you have kings, you know, who are also in polygamy and they were like the rule leaders who provided for their wives and provided, you know, they had power. They, you know, and the wives and there was like multiple wives, you know, that would like serve that king because he was the provider and like they respected him and, you know, like. Damn, like, I'm really not, <laughs> yeah, I'm really not, uh, haven't, like, researched, <laughs> like, done anything deep in, like, scriptures and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I just know, like, a little portions, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, like, on the spot a little bit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's all right, you know, you can explain what you, basically what you can and what you understand. But, um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, um, at the end of the day, like, I mean, the way I see it, it seems like a man is going to be a man, you know, like, as far as, like, if he's a provider, like, you know, if he's providing, you know, taking care of the kids, taking care of the wife, things like that, you know, my opinion, you know, he's going to do whatever he's going to do, you know, like, he's going to, like, you know, he's going to go around, go outside and mess with other, mess with other chicks and things like that, I mean, but it does not mean, I would say, like, he can love his wife and then still mess with other, fe- and then mess, and then, like, you know, have, like, physical intercourse with another female, then go back to his wife, you know, because the girl that he's messing with, you know, he's is just, a, you know, like a shake hands play toy to the, the girl that he's messing with, and then he could go back to his main wife, you know, go back to his main girl, so, I mean... Yeah, I know. I'm probably like way off topic. <laughs> nah, you explain it from your perspective, so yeah. we definitely get it. Um, also, with what you're saying, another thing that people don't consider, especially sisters, is that if your man is very in- see, and this goes into the type of man y'all dealing. You really think if your man is an attractive man, right? He's intelligent. He's spiritual and righteous. He he's, he's, he talks smooth. He got a deep voice. He he's very um, well spoken. He's funny. He's you really honestly think you're gonna keep that man to yourself more times than not, sisters? Come on. Like honestly, we're we're playing games out here, even in this Israelite community. Y'all going for top of the line men, even in the Israelite community, with titles and all types of stuff, and you honestly expect that man. It's one thing if he gave you an oath for whatever the case may be, that's different. I'm talking about men who just out here, just regular. They just teaching, doing whatever. They got 
you know, well-known names in the community, all that. You go after these men and expect these men to only want to be with you. The same things you see in that man, other women see too. And again, it goes back to the righteous part. Obviously, he's supposed to conduct himself a proper way. Obviously, I'm not going to tell no brothers to go out here hitting this, doing that. No, we're not doing it that way. But you can't prevent a man who has greatness from getting those things. And how do, do you know that the Most High didn't send those women to that man so he could teach them too? Like, y'all don't consider, you only thinking about your emotions. Because a lot of y'all talk about, I keep seeing this talk about sisters, this, sisters, that. But your sister's lonely, you know, they don't have no protection, no provision, and no nothing, no knowledge. Nobody's really teaching them. And your man is a great man who could do all those things for her. But you want to allow, you want to allow it? But you, then you turn around on Facebook and all these other social media apps and keep claiming, oh, sisterhood, though. How? You can't pick and choose how you want to do these cultures, sisters or brothers, because it's about both sides. For the brothers, and one thing I know is about the brothers, too, and I'm going to end it with this, stop being jealous and envious of what other men have, because I know there's a lot of y'all doing that, too, and it's real suckerage. All right, stop penis policing other men. I'm tired of seeing that. I honestly am. You're mad because this man could get multiple wives, multiple cockamounts, whatever the case may be. So you want to make it a sin because you can't do the same thing. The jealousy and the envy is obvious. If you can't deal with multiple women or get multiple, that's you, bro. But don't hate on another, especially an Israelite brother. We all of one nation of men. How are you going to hate on your own brother because he, he could pull us on you? If anything, you should be happy. Ask, you should be asking him for advice. How did you do that, brother? How did you get to a place where you're able to handle that? That's how you should approach it. Stop this wicked, envious, covetous thing. And then y'all covering other men's wives, too. Don't think I don't know. I've seen it. It's crazy out here. Oh, out here acting like Cain and Abel. Have love for another brother. Ask for help. That's also another thing about our brothers nowadays. They don't don't like to support a lot. If it's not in their ideal mindset of what they believe, according to the scriptures and according to their walk and according to their path, if it's lined up what they believe in, then they're not going to support as much. They're not. Instead of just coming by, checking and seeing, is the brother making sense? Does he have a good connection with Yah? Things of that nature. I know this is a little bit off topic, but it correlates along with envy and, and you know, lack of lack of support. Instead of coming by and checking and seeing if what he's doing is good works, what he's doing is righteous works. Even though you may not believe a good portion of what he's talking about. And it's okay to have difference in opinions in this walk. What is not okay is that you don't give him the time and the day to hear him out, to support, to share his works. How would that look like on you? Don't shun another brother out because you don't like what he does in the sense of 
it doesn't make sense for you. We can't grow like that. Not everybody has to be the same type of person in this specific walk. That's not, that doesn't make any sense. None of the, none of the um, disciples were the, were the same when they was delivering their message. Everyone had a, everyone had their own unique style of delivering the message when it came to telling Torah, when it came to just being honest and telling the truth. So if you see a brother that's actually doing good in his walk, Yah's barakin them with what multiple wives or a stable financial situation or just land or just whatever, then you need to ask him how can I get on that level? Don't don't get jealous and start making up shit because you ain't there. That is that is how you get left behind. It's Scripture said it itself, curse those who curse Israel and barack those who barack Israel. Don't go around trying to curse your brothers, sisters. Don't go around trying to curse your sisters because it will come back on you and you will not like it. So, smooth the root. What are your thoughts and opinions of this topic and of the scriptures that was read on, you know, based off of what you could catch? I mean, I call most of Shalom. I was trying to say that the first time, but I forgot to uh, turn my microphone on. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I have much to say because you know the scripture is a hard thing to follow because you know that's that's the word that's set. But uh, I will say, um, most times when you know I bring something up like that in conversation with you know people I meet in my walk and stuff, uh, they'll be like, "Oh no, the Old Testament is done away with because." Uh, the New Testament did away with a lot of things. I'm like, where did it say that at? You know? Uh, so, like most I say he changed not. So, you know, I must say it. Uh, a lot of people that do want to take away from where use as a main defense, you know? Because um, I guess coming, well, not coming to America, but, you know, most countries where they basically kind of washed away our history and, like, you know, Water down what the scriptures really was, uh, make it seem like the things that are lawful and of the commandments, you know, um, basically not right in modern society. They put laws in place to make it basically shunned upon, especially with having the multiple eyes thing. Because I remember when I was younger, <laughs> the younger my younger self wanted multiple eyes for a different reasons. But as I got older, you know, more knowledge, you know, I, I understood. You know why you know my young self was feeling like that a little bit you know but because most high knew <laughs> he did tell us to go forth and multiply i mean you know but you know, that's another thing <laughs> uh but yeah i was back to what i was saying was that um a lot of women don't like that they were like oh well you gonna do it then i should be able to have multiple uh partners too and i was like it don't work like that like y'all take on a man's spirit then the more y'all do that, especially a woman that's laid with multiple men, they get more confused. They have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of like mental issues because they got so many men spirit up inside of them. Uh, just a lot of confusion going on, especially with the. Um... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, only horrors think like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Ow. I would say, yeah, call it is. Especially girls that like to say they live in their best life. They be all out there. Be blown, more blown out than a flat tire, you know. <laughs> and a woman is built different. <laughs> yeah, women built different, you know. Yeah, I was like, you know, we 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 meant know to you know means, give, man. and they meant to receive. Know what that means, fam? <laughs> Cheese for the streets. <laughs> yeah, just a blown out tire meant for the streets, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's all I had to say. I, I, I'm sorry, I came out like I was messing with cars and stuff. I, I had a whole thing, but yeah, <laughs> so that's all I had to say on my, my part, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. But you heard it here, folks. If she out here thinking that she can have multiple men, then you need to let her ass go. I'll never have all the multiple men but you. Now, to close off this episode, I have a closing scripture from the Hallelujah Scripture Bible. I like this Bible a lot. I'm not saying it's better than the King James Version. I'm just saying that I like the fact that it's trying its best to reach to more of a Hebraic understanding in its breakdown. Though it does model itself off of the King James Version, the breakdowns are a lot more clearer and understandable. So, this is Lucas. What chapter this is? Lucas 10. Verse 18 to 20. And he said to them, I saw Satan falling out of the Shemayim as lightning. See, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And none at all shall hurt you. But do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name have been written in the Shemaim. That is all, folks. I am going to play us a tune to close her out, to close us out. Shalom. I am going to play this.